pull up a bar stool. And we're back. Yeah, you cracked voice and everything. Uh, it's been a little while. I, uh, it's a long story. We'll talk about it a little bit. But um, I would go far as to say I took a vacation. But uh, I, had, I had a period of three to four months where I was focusing primarily on being a baseball coach, something I've talked about before. But that also creates some uh, problems when uh, you're able to make your business work for you in that way and take some time off. So one of them is, hey, I wasn't recording podcasts. But we're back now. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. We got John Robinson on the show. It means we're going to talk about some business-related entrepreneurial type things. Um, before we get started, just a heads up. If you are a Facebook advertiser and you are mystified by a business manager in particular, if you are an agency if you manage uh, the accounts, the advertising for many clients, you need to know and understand business manager. And I got a whole new training for you. Go to johnlimmer.com slash business-manager-training. My friend Andrew Foxwell is going to help me out with this one because um, he's deep in it when it comes to business manager because of, of his work in the agency world and managing ads for lots of clients. Uh, something that I am not doing these days. So, uh, once again, johnlimmer.com slash business-manager-training. Get set up. That training will begin in mid-September. Are we ready to do this? All right. Pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLimber.com and John Limber Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast where every once in a while intermittently uh, <laughs> we invite you to, to, to the pub, to the virtual pub, and we get drunk on social media and business and other stuff. I think we need to update that, uh, that whole intro. But uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, you know... Before we took a little hiatus, it was about every month or so, I'd invite JR to the show, John Robinson to the show, and we talk about business-related stuff. JR is uh, my backup CEO, my business manager, he's family, and uh, he always knows how to make me feel uncomfortable. So uh, before we get rolling, welcome back, JR. You happy to be here? Uh, I'm happy to be here. Just please don't use the word intermediately again. Well, that's not even a word. In- intermittently. <laughs> Whatever the word is you said. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm I'm glad to be back. It's been a while. You've been you've been slacking for a while, so this is good. Get back into the flow. Now that's I almost feel like I feel like it's it's fantasy football the start of the season and I feel like with the new start of the our pubcast season. That's all. That's already a bad way to get off, uh, get on the, the wrong foot here. Saying I was slacking, we know that's not what was happening. But uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, you know, I guess we should stick to script. And uh, what are you drinking? You drinking water? What oh, of course, water. Of course, yeah. water for right now. I, I was in Chicago for the whole weekend, so this is my water detox for now. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, it's it's kind of a sign of how long this show has been going. 
the the in the beginning like yeah we're having a beer at 9 a.m what, what, what do you got and uh i'm like i'm too old for this crap man but uh so this, this will still be fun i gotta water myself in my nice big packers mug glass as i prepare for a season of dominating the nfc north but uh cheers to you my man cheers it'll be prune juice coming soon mm-hmm. cheers all right so <clears throat> i mean i think there's definitely different ways we can go here you got, you have any plans what you want to talk about today yeah, I do. I do. And I, I'm dedicating this show to one of my uh, backup CEO uh, clients that I feel like, man, he is speaking to what most people are going through and what he's going through. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to I don't want to put him on blast. But uh, he's inspired today's podcast. And I'm pretty sure that you will be able to add a lot of value because some of these things you're going through a little bit Mm. and I'm not going to say which ones you're going through, but I just know that of the 10 that I have in my mind, uh, you might be going through one or two. Okay. What you got? All right. So here's a scoop. Um, this guy's CEO founder of of a company that's really successful right now. And he's lost all of his confidence. He's in a slump. He is feeling like he's believing that he's not a good leader anymore. And I'm just shocked. Like, how did this guy out of nowhere just start believing that he is in a slump, that he's not a good leader anymore, that he can't share a compelling vision? So that's the energy. That's kind of the the source of, of what I want to talk to you about. And I think the first thing is let's go up to the 50,000 foot level. Let's talk about vision. And his question was, how do I paint a better vision that is crystal clear? That was his question to me, you know, two days ago, I'm looking at the email he sent me and that question, I'm not going to ask you directly yet, but how important is vision and the fact that does it have to be crystal clear in your experience? Um, I mean, I guess <laughs> it just depends on, on what you're talking about the vision, because I think as we know, um, you know, from the beginning, I've never had a crystal clear vision for what, and I think that frustrated you at times, vision for what this thing was going to be. Like you wanted like a five-year vision and, you know, what, what we're going to be a year, two years from now and, I was never really clear on that, and I don't think that was a problem. I think uh, instead having um, kind of an immediate inspiration or path or motivation, it, you know, that vision is important. Um, but I think typically we talk about a vision being something like a, an overarching, you know, this is who we are and who we're going to be kind of kind of thing uh, and trying to reach for you know this 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 vision that you've drawn up for yourself that you're going to look like five years from now and it's going to be so awesome so I guess it depends on what you define it as all right so I'm going to answer my own question too because I think you know when what I'm going to tell them is vision's really important it's important to know where you're going from point A to point B. Now, the idea of crystal clear, 
Does it have to be HD vision? Does it have to be high definition vision? No. Can it be a black? I'm, I'm aging myself beyond beliefs. A black and white television like, mm-hmm. with a little with a little static in it, with a rabbit ear on top of it. Does it have to be crystal clear? No, but you can kind of make out what it is. It doesn't have to be HD vision, uh, high definition. I think most entrepreneurs get stuck on trying to make it look like an that's exactly what it is this very very crystal clear thing and it doesn't have to be crystal clear what i also believe is the importance of vision it helps enable massive teamwork the idea of having a team that understands where they're headed like for you come on how important is it for the spiders to know what the vision is for 2017-18 season. Is that what's coming up? 2018 season coming up, yep. Okay. So how important is it to them to know what the picture looks like Yeah, I mean, of what's ahead? It's, it's all important that we have a common philosophy. Everybody understands, uh, you know, uh, what the expect- expectations and responsibilities are of – the players or the parents or the coaches, you know, all, all that thing, all that stuff prevents chaos. And I think uh, that's why we've, we've avoided chaos as a team. But I think it's the same thing, uh, you know, for our team too, that, that the, the uh, John Lumber Digital team, that that's important as well. I mean, we've seen that. It is important. It is. And I, I like your shift to say common philosophy. Instead of saying vision, because I think vision is just over-marketed, over-stated but a common philosophy on where we're headed and what's expected. That's important. So um, I like I like that a lot. So so the second thing that shows up after vision, his question is individual goals versus company goals. I'm not sure what he means there, but I'll I'll take a leap of faith that I think he's has a dilemma. He's struggling like, all right, what do I set first, individual goals or company goals? Or do I set individual goals at all? All right. Tell me what's your philosophy, (laughs) since we're using philosophy because you're a philosopher, um, on goals. Well, I mean, I I, I definitely struggle with what the difference is between individual and company goals if if you're talking about the company in each case. Which I, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, um, because otherwise individual goals could include other stuff that's uh, parenting related. You know, coaching the baseball team could be running, could be getting healthy, whatever. So let me restate that: your individual participation goals in a company. So your your personal contribution goals to the company. I, I because just, you're you're bringing up a good point. Is like, what if you're a John Loomer who the business is John Loomer, but the business also has a team and the business also has individual contributors. So do you think that you need to, do you think there's value in setting individual contribution goals? Um, yeah, I'm just ha- I, I, hope, I, I hope you say no. I hope you say no. Well, I just have a hard time differentiating and, and separating the two. I, well, I'll tell you, if you said, hey, for the next month, let's set up some individual contribution goals for John Loomer. I say, okay, individual contribution goals. One podcast, 
one new podcast interview from somebody you've never been interviewed by. That's an individual contribution. I would say post 12 blogs over the next month. What? See, that's why that's why I like that you don't you don't think of individual goals versus company goals because your individual contribution to this business is vital. And what else? What if I said um, another individual goal is tied to your physical state, which is tied to the energy that you have to be the creator in this company, which says you have to run 20 days over the next 30. That's an individual goal that's directly tied to your contribution to this company. I think that's, I think that's it's, a little bit of a reach there, but yeah. Okay, well, maybe not. So when if it's if it's a little bit of a reach for those people who struggle to do the work that they need to do and to run their business, and let's say the struggle is directly correlated to the lack of energy and passion that they have. How do they light themselves up? How do they get that spark to do the work? Do they go run? Do they go, do they drink 10 Red Bulls a day? You know, what is their source? So that's why you say it's a little bit of stretch, but I, what would be the individual goals to make sure that you have the energy to do a great pixel training, that you have the energy to do a great one-on-one, to do a great uh, weekly webinar? That they're, they're, I would think that measuring that would be important. Sure, I, I just I'm not sure I've ever um, solved that riddle to just say this is how I get more energy to do those things. It's like, uh, yeah, you know, it would be great if I could uh, wake up at six thirty in the morning and be ready to go, get a whole bunch of stuff done, and um, you know, be firing on all cylinders and be able to run and all that stuff. The truth is, I feel like um, even though the running thing I think is really important, I don't see it being directly connected to success of the business. If anything, I see it as being an interruption to the business. Mm. I mean, I like I like that you're saying that because I I love this one because I'm going to challenge you because it's fuel. So I know I know if you take the car, do you do you guys have the electric car? I think you do. Well, we have the hybrid. The hybrid, okay, well, the hybrid car, whatever. End of the day, you know that if the fuel, whatever it is, electricity or gas, goes down to the point that you won't be able to go from point A to point B, you know that you're going to have to take a specific action to fuel the car so it can get from point A to point B. How do you not see the correlation that it's the same thing? You're a car. So in order for you to get from point A to point B, for you to do, be fully fresh for a one-on-one to be, I mean, sleep is part of that. I mean, there's a bunch of things that contribute to you being fully present and having great performance. I kind of feel like, what would you tell your, your um, baseball players if you saw them sluggish? You say, you know, eating doesn't have anything to do with it, uh, overworking out. I mean, is it? Wouldn't there be a correlation there? Sure. I, I just, I, I understand the theory. Uh, what, what, but what I see and what happens with me, and again, this isn't making excuses and saying I shouldn't run because I know I should run. I don't, I don't necessarily see it consistently benefiting the business, right? So yeah, there are times I go out running where. 
I that's a good time for me to think, and I start thinking of some ideas and stuff like that. Come back inspired and motivated. Um, for the most part, it's a uh, you know spending a total of you know an hour and a half or so between running, showering, winding down, whatever, um, where I'm interrupting the business day. Uh, so that's I mean, All right, I, so I'll take that one off the table. Yeah, sleep. <laughs> yeah, sleep. So, so running's out of it. So sleep is sleep a source for the energy that you would need to be the a player entrepreneur. Yes. Perfect. So you do see a correlation there. So there's probably some other things and to each entrepreneur that's part of figuring it out is what fuels you. Cause I know this there are entrepreneurs that hit seven year itches at seven years. They don't have the passion, which fueled it in the first six years. That got them going. They were energized. Ooh. You know, that passion's gone. Hey, by the okay, way, now that as we're talking what? about that, it, it just as we're talking about that, this will this should be released hopefully on the six year anniversary of all this starting. So, I think that's kind of cool. I, I can't forget <laughs> about that. I should probably write a blog post. I just want to make sure while we're thinking about that that I mention it. All right, continue. Okay, so so I I think it's vital that each entrepreneur figure out what sources them and understand that that energy source is not finite or infinite, infinite. It's not forever. It's not evergreen, and it's finite because at some for some entrepreneurs at seven years the passion's gone. So what's going to push them through is whatever that source is. If it's could sleep, if it's expansion, if it's reduction, if it's simplicity, whatever it is, um, I think that has reeling myself back in. That is part of goal setting, individual goal setting. Your personal contribution was expected out of you to make sure that you show up for peak performance and sleep could be it. Do you monitor sleep? You'd monitor sleep, John? I don't monitor it. No. Okay, because there, there are a lot of like new tools out there um, that for people to understand when they're getting their best sleep, what time they should go to bed, ideally, you know, what the average amount of sleep is. And, you know, once they figured out that balance, then they've increased the likelihood that they won't be sluggish because mm. – you know that we've you and I have talked about that before as well because we have a first thing in the morning huddle every day every weekday, and you sound like you're asleep ninety percent of the time. Yeah, because you're not a morning person. Yeah, well, the the challenge is, um, so during this last three months or whatever, um, at the very tail end of it, my wife Lisa and I went on a vacation into Belize to Belize, and uh, it was awesome. Uh, we were on the beach, uh, we we would go to bed at like 9 o'clock at night. Wake up just naturally because we went to bed so early at like six thirty, seven, and still got a ton of sleep. And that was that was amazing. Now it would be feel logical to say, okay, I should apply that to business. And I should go to bed at eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. It's just not realistic, like in a normal everyday life, like with kids and everything else and all the other distractions and 
whatnot. So that's. Uh, do, do you believe in naps? Do you believe in naps? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I I love naps. I do, I love taking naps. I I don't know if they're necessarily beneficial to making me more productive. Like I, 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 it's kind of like with running. Like, okay, I just spent, you know, how much time sleeping sleeping in the middle of the day when I should probably should have been doing something. But so here's what shows up for me: is that you are a master at experimentation with Facebook ads. I mean, a master at it. That's why we're here today. You know, in general, with this business, is that you have this relentless curiosity to get better with with Facebook ads. And then I think, well why doesn't he use that same skill for experimentation of let's just take sleep, for example, like doing a sleep experiment to see what would make it what would be optimal for you, you know, or a running experiment or a nutrition experiment or whatever the like personal experiments that you could do as an entrepreneur. So that you, I will, I'll, this is so overused get to the next level because I think that, you know, one of the surprises and you will see if you agree with me, one of the surprises that I've noticed out of a lot of entrepreneurs that hit the four five, six year mark is they are struggling with boredom. You know, they're, they're struggling. They, they were struggling with burnout in the first three years. And then now they're looking <laughs> at boredom yeah. and I'm like, okay, so now they're in the boredom stage. So, how do you stay energized? You know, what are the experiments that you can do personally so that you have that fuel? So I wonder if, you know, at some point we can design a, one experiment for you personally to say, hey, I tried this for 10, 10, you know, two weeks. Didn't you guys get a new mattress, a Casper mattress or something? And this isn't about trying to, we, we did. you know, promote. <laughs> we, did. <laughs> we did end up getting a new mattress. We, we tested one out. Lisa, Lisa didn't like it. So we returned it, which is, is beyond me. Like I, I've, I've ordered so much crap. Like if you could see my office right now, like of crap that I've ordered that I ended up, it's like, oh, this, this sucks. And I need to just return it. And I don't like, the, but the, how she could you just re gift it to me. I, she, I might want it. How she could just return a mattress, like nothing, <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that, that we we tested it for like a month or whatever. She didn't like it, so we ended up getting a different one. I don't remember what we ended up going with. Yeah. All right. So let let me get back on track. So we talked a bit, little bit about vision and the importance of that. We talked a little bit about goals. The next thing I want to talk about is work. So you know this this client of mine is struggling with what's core work, what's side work. And the importance of assisted and unassisted work. So meaning autonomy, like letting people just do what they're supposed to do instead of looking over their shoulder all the time. Uh, what's been your experience? And let's talk about like the first couple years in business, the last couple years. What's been your philosophy? Because that's the word of the day, philosophy. I feel like we're Pee Wee's Playhouse. Every time we say philosophy, everybody screams. Ah! Uh, <laughs> so I won't say it again. But what 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 are your thoughts on that? On on you know how you've evolved as an entrepreneur 
as as it comes to work, assisted and unassisted. You're asking what what's my philosophy? Oh! No! <laughs> um, it, it was less a philosophy ah, in the ah, beginning. Come on! <laughs> uh, and more, you know, how how was how did I run things? I mean, well, in the very beginning, I, you know, obviously I was pretty much doing everything myself for the most part. Then I slowly started asking for help. Um, and even at that point, I struggled with it because a lot of times, you know, I was asking for help doing things that I felt really confident doing. And then I was like, so I, so I was constantly looking over the shoulder, telling them how to do it. Um, and then I ended up doing a lot of things myself anyway, because, you know, I, I just felt more comfortable doing it, doing it that way. And so I often didn't give people the ability to do things themselves. Um, but eventually what I've been happiest about is, um, especially bringing people on to, to our exper- experts in the field who are much better doing something than I am, who are much more comfortable doing it than I am. Um, and then I see that they're high performers. So you kind of have to give them uh, the time to, sh- to show that too. Uh, it, it makes my day much, much easier to be able to step back and know that they've got it taken care of. Um, I mean, we've, we've run into this a, f- a few times where whether it's like a, a bug or some sort of thing happens where normally, you know, I can go, go years past and it's probably because of the way I had set it up that I was constantly looking over shoulders or whatever that I was the one spotting the problem. And that just made me more upset. Like, why am I the one spotting this problem? But that's not what happens anymore. Now it's it's Tracy or it's Joel who are spotting a problem and getting it fixed and getting on top of it right away, as opposed to to me getting spotting it. So, and it's not only that they spot it and it's been hanging out there for a long time; they spot it immediately. So, so that's a really cool feeling once you get there. But you need to. Um, have the right people who are, again, top high performers. And so you have to, have to find those people who have the time, <laughs> have the time to be high performers and, um, you know, allow them the ability, the freedom um, to do what you're paying them to do. Got it. So there's a part of a connection that I want to see if there is a connection or not. Managing versus leading. So do you see them as one and the same? Do you see them as totally different? What what shows up for you? Man, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like you could be a leader without managing people. Um, so, like, you can be a leader <clears throat> for... Yeah, since we always use baseball analogies, you can be a le- leader of your baseball team without being the man- manager. You can be a leader of uh, of people without managing them. I believe. Do you see? Do you see that there's a shift through the earlier years? Do you find yourself doing more managing in the beginning, 
And then now that you have more of an autonomous, trusting culture that you are just being dependent on more now just to lead? Yeah. And I think uh, probably what I was more comfortable doing before was just managing and and trying Mm -hmm. to and directing as opposed to truly leading. Um, and maybe that's what's more difficult for me now is I'm, I'm kind of a more, I'm a less comfortable leader. Um, at least when it comes to, to business stuff. And uh, yeah, you're, this, this is the topic that I was saying that I thought would be similar to my, my client. That's what he's struggling with. It's like, man, managing versus leading. I can't find a happy medium here. That's what he said. I can't find a happy medium here. And I believe that it's about ebbs and flows for sure. But I think the more that you get to the point of being dependent upon to lead, the positive consequence of that is that you have a culture that is more self-sufficient, that you can trust. So I absolutely believe that we at John Loomer Digital depend you on you more to lead. And part of that leading, and we'll connect the dots to what we've already talked about, is, you know, stating <laughs> that common vision. I'm not going to say the word. Yeah. <laughs> so, that common vision, uh, stating clearly the individual contribution goals and stating the company goals. And, you know, knowing how to lead people to the work that's most important, that core work and that side work. So I think that's what we depend on you more now for. And I like the fact that you're uncomfortable with, you know, um, I'm more comfortable with managing than leading. So what part of, of leading are you most uncomfortable with? Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm not the most energizing. I'm not a BSer. I'm not a rah rah. Uh, so I mean, I think, uh, and as you know, I'm not always the most organized either. So, hey, let's, let's plan this out. Let's do the X, Y, and Z in, in, in this order on, on these dates. Um, those things are all t- kind of tough for me. All right. So I, this is a, a terrible question, but I'm still going to ask it because sometimes I like the answer. Sometimes I hate it. But who are some of the leaders? And let's just pick sports. That's a, what, which leaders come to mind for you? Like, man, that's an A++++ leader. Uh, I don't know, man. An A plus 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 leader. An A leader. Who's an A leader? Brett Favre. Come on, you, I'll even give you. I'll even give you the Packers. Like, which what leader that you're like? Oh man, he was a great leader. Aaron Rodgers is a good leader. Brett Favre is a good leader. Yeah. All right. So why would you say then? <clears throat> um, I, I think uh, in particular, Brett Favre led by example. Like okay. He he, so- he, uh, he was always energetic and. Didn't give up and uh, fought through injury and everything else. Was he a complainer? No. 
So when I think of complainers as a Chicago Bears um, <laughs> fan, when you said, well, you pick a player that wasn't a great leader, Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. Jay Cutler, horrible leader. And here's why. He pouted. He, I wouldn't say he put up the numbers that warranted the title of a great leader. Uh, I would say you couldn't depend on him to make plays when you needed him. I wouldn't say that he rallied the team well. I would say that he created a lot of resistance in the locker room. He created a lot of resistance on the sidelines. So end of the day, thank goodness he's not on the (laughs) Bears anymore. So I think as you juxtapose the two of good leader, bad leader, as we say what a bad leader is, I think you start to frame up, you know, some of the leadership qualities that that you would would find that you would need to exhibit as the leader of John Lennon Digital. Yeah. What do you think about all that? Yeah. I think uh I think I, I want to be more of the Aaron Rodgers leader. Uh cool under pressure. <laughs> what if you're Jay Cutler? <laughs> I don't want to be Jay Cutler. But I can I can almost see see like it's I think it's more more possible to be the Aaron Rodgers leader than the Brett Favre because I, I don't feel like I'm the Brett Favre personality, where Aaron Rodgers is just like trying he doesn't get flustered in, in the tough times and I mean that's what I aspire to be and like the the most important situations he's he he thrives that's that's what I'd want to be. You've you've evolved because you used to get more flustered. In the early years, yeah, like even even this week, even le- and right now as we're recording, we have a snafu, we have a setback, we have a breakdown, and we've got the team working on it, trying to figure out what the heck is going on. If this would have happened three years ago, your your reaction slash response would have been very different. And that's just my opinion. What, what what do you believe? Yeah, I don't think we'd be recording this right now. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and, and and your voice wouldn't sound as calm. Yeah. Because, yeah, so I, I like that. Yeah, you definitely are exhibiting that more now, for sure. All right, so let me move on. So we've gotten through, you know, vision, goals, work, and then managing versus leading. Now accountability, you know, so we figured out the work, we figured out, you know, what's expected of you. You're supposed to be more of a manager versus a leader. Now accountability, you have, you have this team, you have one, some people don't have actual employees, but they hire out staff. So in essence, I still believe that's, you know, a staff, you know, even though if they're not under any type of payroll, but you're paying them, they're still under your influence and you still have to hold them accountable. <laughs> what are your thoughts on accountability? And I'm laughing because I so was going to say the word again. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are your thoughts on accountability? You know, how, how, how have you evolved as a leader through the years on, I guess, trust, trusting that people will do what they say they're going to do? Yeah, look, um, I think this is something I try to, model you know and and what i do as well i mean when things don't go right 
and I'm responsible for it, I first of all want to make sure that I do whatever I can to fix it, that uh, I explain what happened and you know ask for forgiveness for those that impacted. Um, and I kind of, and honestly, it <clears throat> it helps. So when you hire people where their responsibility, um, they have a certain responsibility, they oversee something, and so, something happens there where they maybe could have prevented it or they made a mistake that maybe caused it. Um, I hate excuses. Like, even if it's not 100% your fault, like, I like to ha- see some kind of accountability as opposed to like constantly feeling like, oh, so, so it must be my fault? Uh, whose fault was it? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, not, not that we need to assign blame, but it, I think it, it kind of diffuses the situation when someone owns up to their, their role in something. Um, and I think that that really helps for a team when you're, you have that humility to, to say, you know, big or small, what my role in this is, my bad. Uh, I know that I could have helped prevent this or I could have done something differently. So, all right. With that said, which coach comes to mind that handles accountability or what I'm going to call extreme ownership? That's a pretty good book for anybody who hasn't uh, read it before. Uh, but, end of the day, who shows extreme ownership, extreme class when it comes to moments when the Finger could be pointed elsewhere, and they take full ownership for it. Which feel, coach comes to mind? I feel like you have somebody in mind there. I don't. Oh, you don't? Hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like, uh, and you're going to love this. I mean, he's just the only one who comes to mind. Maybe, maybe Joe Madden. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, now, if I'm to think about it, a coach that – now this one sounds crazy, and and I guess it's some attachment to Chicago. Mike Singletary, Mike Singletary, I love his approach to all the decisions regarding the team, coaching, plays, you name it, defense, offense. It's all under him, and and he owns those failures, and. No, he's not a coach anymore. No, big word, so big word I think, was this recorded in 2012? I mean, what happened? <laughs> well, I think it's because I just watched the 30 for 30 1985 Bears mm. like two days ago. So that's still fresh in my head. But yeah, I, I love it when, you know, let's say CEOs or coaches or generals in the, you know, in the army, you know, that's what the extreme ownership is about. I think is, uh, I think it was the Marines matter of fact, but they were talking about the highest ranking officer saying, no matter what, this is on me. Even if the weather was bad, even if the, you know, whatever it was, and it had anything to do with preparation, it had anything to do with how they executed that person would own it all. So I know that's really hard to do as a leader because I know, you know, I still would have to work on that if I went back into corporate America and led a, another organization of a couple hundred that everything would be my 
responsibility or fault when it didn't work. And then when it was successful, it was on everyone else, meaning yeah. giving them the credit. I, so I honestly don't think it's that hard. I think it's uh, it's knowing that pointing the finger, not accepting blame, um, really probably makes it worse. And like I even think of, um, you know, because we always go back to baseball. You know, if we're having if our if our if our thirteen year old team is is losing, you know, in a losing streak, and we're not playing well. Um, one thing I've, I've learned to do is that I don't just, you know, post game, tell, tell them how, you know, how they all screwed up. I'm like, I accept, I tell them like, I should have done X and Y differently. Cause I think when they see that, then they're more likely to own up to their own mistakes as opposed to like me just blaming everything on them. And I think it's the same thing, uh, when you're managing a, a company. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Last thing, last, last topic decisions so my guy says i'm so indecisive (laughs) that's what he said he's so indecisive now yet again remember this is a client of mine highly successful company has done really well for years now and all of a sudden he has this belief that he's so indecisive so what what's your how well, how would you describe yourself? Would you lean more that you're extremely decisive or extremely indecisive? Uh, I, th- I mean, I think I'm decisive about anything I have some confidence level in. Okay. Um, but I don't have, like, <clears throat> I'm not, like, fake decisive or <laughs> I think we might see that the the leader of our country right now, not to get political, but, like, automatically having a, a strong opinion about everything when you, you really don't know. <laughs> you can't just, like, I, I'm not afraid to say, I don't know. Like, I need more information uh, before I make, cause before I make a decision on something. <clears throat> but uh, no, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think somewhat. So, so let me, yeah, and, and I like to hear the connection between confidence and decisiveness. And I think, you know, as we make decisions, confidence can be past experience. Confidence can be made up. It's like, hey, I'm just confident. I, I'm just going to try this. And I, I don't know which direction this is going to go. But end of the day, I believe in myself so much that I'm just going to make this decision. Do you think belief is a component of it? I do. Yeah, yeah. No, okay, cool. All right, well, that that's all I got. I uh, I love that there are a couple things here, like I said earlier, that would be consistent to some of the challenges that, that uh, we face in our current business. So thank you for walking through that. You bet, you bet. No, I think, uh, you know, one thing that maybe we could talk about next time a little bit more about is uh, gloss over here real quick is, you know, <clears throat> this three month, four month vacation <laughs> ended up being, um, it wasn't full on vacation, but you know, I did a lot less because I was focusing on coaching baseball. And I, th- I think it's important to have the right perspective on those types of decisions, right? Like, so that, that wasn't slacking, not, you know, not to go back to our original discussion, that was kind of like our own, our decision for, you know, ultimately what we wanted to do. Like uh, eventually I wanted uh, my business to 
be, be at a point where it doesn't need me all the time. And maybe revenue drops for a couple of months while I'm doing less, while I'm focusing more on my family. And <clears throat> so part of it is, uh, I understand, if, if you're dealing with that type of struggle, <laughs> I understand, we'll talk about it. I think another part of the struggle that maybe isn't talked about enough is what I'm dealing with now is like, okay, now I gotta get back into the flow. All right, I took that, that time off, or you know, it's, it wasn't completely time off, but I did less during that time. Now it's time to get back on path, and uh, it's uh, it, it's not easy. So that might be a good topic for next time. Yeah, I like that, and I am going to <laughs> make you uncomfortable as always. What just came to mind to me is that for those entrepreneurs that are listening to this, we have created a, we've created a, a beta group right now that we've been testing out for a few months now. I'm not sure when John's ready to open it up to the listeners, but I would really love it if at some point soon that we would open it up to the listeners because these are the type of topics that, you know, we, we address that we, we put out into the world to where your peers share, you know, their thoughts about vision, goals, work, you know, managing versus leading decisions. You know, this is where, you know, you, if you have the question, you put it out there and everyone has, you know, an answer or a tip or a technique. So I'm putting it on you, John. We, I'd love to open this up at some point. Yep, not doing that yet because uh, I'm about to announce a new training program. So we're going to one thing at a time. <laughs> Great decision. All right. Well, I just called the bartender over and, he, and she, he's looking at me very annoyed. Like, uh, you want a tab for your two waters? What? what what's your deal? Uh, but uh, I think we got to get out of here before he gets angry. Um, thanks again for being on the show, JR. Where can people find you? at Backup CEO on Twitter. Awesome. That's easy enough. Thank you. Thank you, everybody else. Until next time, do awesome things. We're out.